by dragon oil. It's a deadly dangerous business. I have studied the migration of dragons my entire life, and we are close. Was it not the white dragon that burnt you? You know too well it was that accursed beast, and I will chase him across every mountain and through hell's flame till we strike it and it spills black blood. Hey, Finn. Hi, Eva. Re-rewind. Inter-selector. A, yeah. A, A, yeah. A, yeah. A, inter-selector. Making movies. Yeah. On the Djibouti floor. Got our grooves on. Dancing. Yeah, real hardcore. From the front to the back. That's where I was at. You know. You know the artful dodger. Do it like that. With Claire Denis. All over your DJ, it's all up to you. When the crowd go wild, tell me what you're going to do. Re-rewind. When the crowd say bow, travail. And that's my intro. <laughs> uh, what, what, what was that? It's the Craig David song. <laughs> the Artful Dodger and Craig David song, re-rewind. You know, re-rewind. I've, no, I've, never, I've, oh, I've never heard that. It was, it was a very formative part of... Uh, 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 there, there we go, that's the mistake I made. It was a formative part of my childhood. Yes. And after we didn't do the Bo Selector film, <laughs> I had to get one reference to it somewhere. How you doing? It's a great question that I love being asked. I always have a satisfying response to that one. You know, I've always got so much going on in my life. I've got so much to talk about. Saw a concert last night. Man, I had to hang out with a drunk person for several hours. It's nice. Every two minutes, Harry would just turn to me and say, how much do you hate me right now? I mean, he'd forget that he said that, and he'd turn to me again and say, how much, how much do you hate me right now? I mean, what did you say? Uh, after a while, I just started saying, this is the seventh time you said that to me, Harry. This is the ninth time you said that to me, Harry. You've said it, do you know how many times you've said this to me so far tonight? And he'd be like, no, I don't. Can I suggest something? What? If you don't want to spend time with drunk people, don't go to gigs. Yeah, but then I, then I won't have any friends left. That's not true. Is that, is that your dem, damning uh, uh, attack on the oh. alcohol as a social lubricant? Uh, uh, partially, yes. Uh, okay. And so what would you, if you, okay, so you want to take alcohol out of the world. Sure. What would you replace it with? I I don't I don't know if it needs to be replaced. Well, like, but if like, I think things would just be fine if if we didn't have that. Yeah, but like, when you're gonna go out and have a good time, what do people preload on? Like sour lollies? Uh, yeah, if, if if you like sour lollies, or yeah, just like hearty soups. Yeah, sure. You get 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 yourself a nice minestrone before you before you go out to the club. I think the key problem is that people live their lives drenched in self awareness, feeling awkward about how the world sees them. Yeah, you've never experienced that. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah, so that's totally alien to my experience. And so people to to have fun in a in a way where they can feel totally free, they need to numb themselves a little. And that's why, before I have a good time, I have a nice bowl of hearty soup, chicken and corn. Mm. I mean, other vegetables in there, but chicken and corn are your primary flavor vectors. Nice and chunky, some noodles in there. Yeah. It's great. I've never partied harder <laughs> than when I And am. on a stomach full of... You know, if there's one thing that makes me want to get out on the dance floor yeah. and reflect on my time in the French Foreign Legion... <laughs> It's or that time you hunted dragons. <laughs> yep. 
That movie should have ended with a dance sequence. This is Shite and Sound. Sound. It's a podcast. My name's Yutha Shite. My name's Finn Sound Nicholas. And, um, and, and just before, like, it'll shock the audience to know that sometimes we talk about films we're not on microphones. Uh, very occasionally. And uh, I, was, I was telling Finn about a film I saw called Baby Teeth, uh, which uh, stars Eliza Scanlon, yep. from, who's the littlest woman. Um, ben Mendelsohn, the Skrull, Essie Davis, who um, just loves books, <laughs> and especially bad ones, yeah. and just can't just loves your kids too much, if anything. Um, and, and and Emily Barclay is famous for lying on railroad tracks and um, just being a free spirit. Yeah, in a way that the you're not sure if the film was really judging or not. Because there was that weird run after she was in her dad's house. (laughs) (laughs) In my father's den. Yes, in my papa's shack. That is like, there's a Brad McGann, um, like, had written the script. And then Morris G was like, no, I don't want you to adapt this. And he's like, oh, fuck, what do I do with this? And it's just called in my dad's house. (laughs) And everything is just one letter changed. It's like... I wish I could remember. See, like the scene, the auto the auto erotic asphyxiation scene yep. was originally like an auto erratic asphyxiation yep. scene it's where a, he choked himself while driving badly. It's a scene I very clearly remember watching in English class in year eleven. Oh. We were all uh, very confused as to what was happening. I, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're very confused because what. First of all, we're like watching a movie in English class. And it was just like a, a sex scene, and then like that, that's like fine. You know, we're, yeah, we're all like we're all like sixteen. We've all seen sex scenes in movies, but then then the like main character of the movie just like pulls off his belt and starts and starts trying to force forward, but he's with to, to to start choking him. And it was like, oh, this is. Uh, I don't know if we should be seeing this. I don't. Yeah, no. Yeah, I saw that with my family. So yeah. I remember sitting next to my mum while that happened, and. Uh, well, I can't remember if I felt awkward about it, but I just remember that it was a real kind of step forward in my relationship with my mother. Where on um, the day after Christmas, we went to see The Wolf of Wall Street together, <laughs> and you know how there's the, the there's a scene in which Margot Robbie spends about five minutes showing her vulva <laughs> to Leonardo DiCaprio. Where I was like, should this feel awkward? No, it's fine. Yeah, no, that that really was my intro. <laughs> But I thought it, I did not say. So have you ever even heard of Craig David? I only know Craig David from the James Roque bit about a Craig David song. Ah, uh, yeah, the the I met a girl on Monday. Yeah, yeah. Took her for a drink on, on Tuesday. Tuesday, and then things didn't really work out. And, and I texted her on Wednesday, and then on Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday, I, I checked and I had had been like delivered and read but there's nothing there and then uh, on monday i i just gave i just decided i just had a long talk with myself being like you know what actually i what if i'm not what if i'm just not happy what if i'm okay with just not I'll be okay being alone. Yeah, no, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a perfect oh. recollection of of that of that James Roque bit. You really captured his like energy and the precise wording of the bit. <laughs> well, I don't just want to repeat his yeah, quite good bit. Yeah. To complete my point from earlier, yeah, I saw the film Baby Teeth, which has the littlest woman. 
uh, as we said. And that film, which I did not enjoy or like, has, I think, at least three scenes, possibly more, to demonstrate how pent up the protagonist feels. So she's just listening to music or she goes to a party and she just dances and dances without refrain or control and she's just free. And, and which is, spoiler alert, how Beau Travail ends, where mm-hmm. um, Beau Travail, the lead character, he, he just he has a wild time. And in, in, in Baby Teeth, it left me cold. The whole of Baby Teeth left mm. me cold. And like, this is a film where Ben Mendelsohn's character is introduced being too distracted by his life's problems to have sex with his wife, which describing that I'm tearing up because I just want the best for Ben. Um, <laughs> I just, sorry, I want the Ben for best. And it, it, it was so weird seeing almost like the same thing, but done good. Like when you're like, oh, that that's what people do this scene for, you know? And it is it is interesting when you see films where you're like, this isn't capital B bad, but it is just a collection of scenes from other films. But we'll get to Age of the Dragons later. Hello and welcome to Shite and Sound, the podcast where two comedians watch one of the masterpieces of world cinema and then follow it up with a critically reviled film that is similar in some way. Maybe they share themes, plot, actors or director. We want to see if counterpoint of these two films can bring out some new information or insights. On this episode we're watching number 79 on the Sight and Sound list, Beau Travail. Claire Denis' ode to guys in a desert getting really angry at how hot they find each other. And our second film this week is Age of the Dragons. Uh, Moby Dick, but with, with dragons. And uh, one of the supporting actors from the first three seasons of Buffy. Podcasts. Yeah. Well, is it? Do you think Age of Dragons is a podcast? Uh, yes. And we like how people, when people like TV, they say it's films. So when people don't like films, we call them podcasts. Yeah, because podcasting is the third lowest art form. The two lower art forms are uh, economics. So, uh, the, the second lowest art form is stand-up comedy, where someone reads song lyrics and then interprets them literally and gets mad at it. And then the, the lowest art form is true crime docu series. What about false crime docu-series? I think, I've had this idea for a fiction podcast, you see? See, I've had this idea. No one else has had this idea, Finn. What if you do it? What if I made a serial? What if it's serial, but it's fiction? What? No one, no one, I've Googled it, and no one else has had that idea. What if, uh, what if I welcomed someone to Night Vale with a murder? I mean, welcome to Night Vale is good, though. I'm I'm sure it is. I haven't listened to it in like four years. Yeah, I mean it's consistent. Yeah, yeah. and the books are good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Podcasts. What, when you say that, what are you hoping to summon? <gasps> I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. So Claire Denis, first Sheila on the list. One of the two. Oh, I know. I'm so like there being no Vada on the list. Yeah, it's, is insane. It's 
uh, I, I'm I'm going to uh, hopefully remedy that when when I uh, sub- submit my my list to 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 Sight and Sound in in two years time. Well, and like, I would hope like it won't happen, but like it, there should be a Wachowskis in the yeah. in the top hundred, and I'm still stuck in recency bias. Mm. But Portrait should be there, right? Uh, like I, I'm sure Portrait will 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 get will, yeah. will will get there eventually. But you don't you don't like it as much as I do. I saw Portrait three times in theaters. Yeah, and I, I think that that's, that's like a nine out of ten movie. I think that is like that, that's that's an incredible movie filled with great performances that yeah. I really really love watching. Yeah. What would what would it take to get to ten? No, you, you you've asked me this about other movies before, and I I have no idea. Would it? What if when 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 the, they're singing that song and I mean, it's like, heartbreaking? Okay, it's, I I I I think it's entirely possible. It's just they're like it, it's it's the same thing that's keeping like uh, Eternal Sunshine from being a ten for me, which is I've never been through a breakup. Oh right, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. It, it could okay. just be that. Like I might yeah. watch Portrait again in a couple of years, and be like, oh yeah, no, this does everything I want. Okay. So we just need okay. Like r- r- right now, it's only like beautiful and artful and filled with amazing performances, I'll, and has the the best song ever composed for a movie. So I'm gonna redouble my efforts <laughs> to get you into a relationship, just so you can appreciate. Just, just so you, you can then break it up, so I can enjoy movies more. I'm not gonna break. Like, like, no, like no, like I am. I am well lived. I will. I will. I will do all of that work myself. <laughs> no, well, and also I. Can't think of a case of people who've been in one relation, only one relationship mm. in the whole of their lives that doesn't seem like you know uh, doesn't have a spectre hanging <laughs> over it, you know. Um, and I'm sure there are there are, there are cases of that working out well, mm. but there's a lot of like um, uh, it's it's the sound of settling. <laughs> yeah. Like my best friend got got married to his first ever girlfriend. Yeah, and. Uh, I don't like. Hmm? I hope he's a good first husband. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. I I feel like fundamentally hard. Like yeah. It, uh, I was about to say like you're not a person until you've had your heart broken, but that's absolutely not true. But it is like it's such a fundamental. Oh no! But this sounds like I'm accusing you of being lesser or not a complete person, <laughs> and I'm not. Well, also. Because you don't need the other person to know for them to break your heart, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, uh, and that and that happens. And I'm sure you're familiar with that. Um, <laughs> he's he's laughing. Yet, oh no, tears are just flooding out of his eyes. He's crying a river, and it's drowned the whole world. Oh, I've got to write a got to write a civil war letter <laughs> to my lost love. But here's my pitch. Here's how I turn. You're without breaking your heart. How I turn Portrait of a Lady on Fire from a nine to a ten. Singing that incredible song round the fire. Yep. Her dress catches fire. Yeah. Engulfs her. Oh. Oh, she's dead. Oh no. She runs up to the burning corpse, covered in uh, burn stuff. Yeah. She's re- it's a real two face, but one face situation. And I was like, no, 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 not not Adele Hanel. <laughs> yeah, uh, she was so she was so great in other movies as well. Yeah, no, she truly was the unknown girl, <laughs> even though she's not the unknown girl. She she truly was the deer skin. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, and, and no, Nomi Merlin cries, uh, and, and we see like a twinkle in the tears as they fall, 
and then Adele comes back to life and now she has fire powers. Oh, okay. So right until those last three words, it was uh, it was some real like Harry Potter and a Chamber of Secrets <laughs> stuff. Uh, but like Phoenix cries on Ginny or whatever oh, and brings yeah, back to yeah. life. Uh, that's how we learned that she's, her being a portrait artist is a cover for her life as a phoenix. And together, they solve crimes, a phoenix and a woman with flame powers. So yeah. two people with flame powers. Yeah, and then they're both going to star in the movie Phoenix, yeah. made by the guy who made Transit. And they call themselves the Phoenix Foundation. <laughs> I'd see that film. Does that not sound like a 10 out of 10 to you? He's nodding yes. It, it, He's nodding so hard his head's falling off. Oh, no. <laughs> I nodded so hard when I thought I Tony Collettered myself. And I'm just floating off a ceiling with no head. You know when the main thing you're doing while laughing is stopping yourself spitting everywhere? Yeah, I, 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 I did think maybe I should save this hilarious <laughs> joke until after you've finished drinking his coffee. I was genuinely. But Claire Denis, uh, um, yeah, to, maker of many good films. Yep. I have not seen this, her first film, um, but I had seen I Cannot Remember. Fuck. It's not her first film. No, because this, this is like this is from like 2000. She, she's, she's made like 30 movies. Why the fuck do I think it's her first film? I think well, her, her first one was maybe like Chocolat, maybe. Yeah, no, you're absolutely... Yeah, I'm, I, I don't disagree with you. She's made great films. I hadn't seen this one. It's yeah, certainly yeah. the one that uh, uh, that made her a name. Yes. She's made many great films that I've enjoyed a lot. Uh, she also made uh, High yes, Life. Yeah, I just looked it up. Yeah, her, her first feature was, 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 was Chocolat in, in 1988. With Judy Dench and Juliette Binoche and Carrie Ann Moss. Uh, uh, nope. Oscar-nominated film Chocolat with Jonathan Depp. Sorry, with Mads Mikkelsen. No, I think this is a, this is a different movie with with a, with the same name. No, 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 no. There is no such things as multiple films having the same name. It's illegal. It's like how when you're an actor in England or Britain, you and, and if someone else has the same name as you, yep. you put a in middle initial in, or you change your surname, yep. or you change your first name. Or you go with a typo like David Williams did. Oh, is that why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Or you you come up with with a with a hilarious fake name like Cary Grant. <laughs> or so you don't have to be called Archibald Leach anymore. Or you just uh, take the name of one of your favorite singers, which is what David Tennant did. Mm-hmm. He's that's it. That's the tweet. I know. Okay. That's the opposite of what David Bowie did. He had to change his name because his name was David was David Jones, and then the monkeys got popular. Yeah, and so he's like, oh, I don't want to be associated with that bubblegum shit. Who? Oh, I'm 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 all about tin machines. Okay, so I'm just r- quickly dashing off an email to Charles Darwin. Uh, Chuck, I know you're thinking about calling it evolution, but what do you think of the monkeys got popular? Is <laughs> <laughs> an alternative name that yeah, no, it does misinterpret your theory. It. D- well, why don't you go back to fucking your cousin, Chuck? Wait, I thought that was an email. Uh, we FaceTimed in the middle of it. Oh, okay. But because he's a ghost, you can't hear it on the line. Okay. That no, no, makes makes sense. Yeah, I mean, he's a crazy... He's a, he's, he's a lovely to talk you, to. you seen his beard? he got such a big beard. Yeah, but enough. We, no, we already talked about his cousin. No, yeah. no, no. Yep. That's, that's an acceptable joke to make about myself, <laughs> yeah. but, but not about Chuck D., <laughs> from both the Beastie Boys and no, it was pu- Public Enemy. You think of Mike D? That's right. God, it's like you you have you have no you have no concept of of, of names. The, yeah, of 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 names of different rappers. I, yeah, yes, 
You're right. I really don't have a oh, concept of names. You flavor Flav from NWA. You fucking poser. <laughs> Do you think is flavor Flav short for flavor flavor? Uh, no, it's just Flavor Flav. No, but like on his birth certificate, do you think he's Flavor Flavor? No, it, it's <laughs> uh, yes. So Beau Travail, <laughs> um, a real good film. Yeah, uh, uh, doesn't really have a plot. It's no, an it's... adaptation of Billy Budd by Herman Melville. Yeah, who, um, who who also wrote some other famous works you may be familiar with, like like Bartleby the Scrivener. I think his most famous work for me is having a child who had a child who um, I think had a child who then like met someone right. uh, whose sibling had a child. Uh, and then decided to become electronic music artist Moby. Oh. And that's where Moby gets his name from. Right. Famous uh, cue ball imp- <laughs> impressionist Moby. Famous ruiner of straight edge Moby. Famous. Uh, I mean, uh, like, look, st- st- straight edge has been like ruined off and on for like 30 years now, basically since it began. But, but like Moby's the most recent one. I would say... Oh, yeah, probably. I think, mm. you know, that, that heavy metal water in a can counts. It's no. not a person. Oh, it's a fun gimmick. Well, and it is also, like, the, the genuine pitch of that thing being um, we want to give sober people something they don't feel self-conscious drinking at punk gigs. Yeah. I just got into a long argument because I... I I tweeted about that water with, like, I know you've heard of, like, candles for men, but now water for men, which I feel a little bit bad about because then I did research and found yeah. out, like, it's actually a good idea. Uh, but then there was someone who just, some Twitter rando, um, just started arguing with me, being like, oh, just use a water bottle. And I just kept being and like, no, no, like, in theory, it's actually a good idea. And, like, cans are the most recyclable yeah, exactly. thing. And, um, well, under, except for glass, obviously glasses and, and, and paper, but n- neither of those things are quite smart for that scenario. Mm. You don't want to give punks paper because they might write. <laughs> um, and, and you don't want to give punks glass because they might write. <laughs> yeah. um, and I just remember being like, do you really want to spend your life at being like, oh, water bottles on Twitter. It just feels like such a tiny... We're just specs, you know? So Beau Travail. <laughs> it's just a... Like, yeah. all I want to say about Beau Travail is that it's fucking dope. Yeah, it's about some dudes in a desert. They're, they're in the French Foreign Legion. It looks sweet as. Yeah. Dennis Levant is the lead. Always love a bit of Levant. Yeah, it's it's got... Uh, it's it's got a guy in it who was the narrator for the Francois Truffaut film Jules et Jim. Ah, Julia and Jimothy. Yep. That, uh, no. uh, uh, a movie that uh, I like everything. I like everything about, uh, apart from uh, the uh, main characters, all of whom I despise. That is like I could use that answer on almost any Nouvelle Vague film. Right? Yeah. Yeah, but like I, 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 just, I can't. With four hundred blows, that kid's a shit. Yeah. But like, there's, there's something like very like re- relatable about the way he's a shit. Yeah. Whereas in Jules and Jim, I was just like, no, just stop, just stop being, stop being weird freaks. Like, like you're, you're, all, you're all fucking like, like you're, you're all just fucking like sex obsessed idiots who can't stop like cheating on each other. Just fucking don't do that. I've, I've, like that would solve all your problems if you were just normal. Do you know what it would take? 
Jules and Jim from a 9 out of 10 for a 10 out of 10 from me. If it was called Stop That You Weird Freaks. <laughs> like, that, like, what a title. Yeah. As I get older, I'm talking more and more like Sam the Eagle. <laughs> I just keep, I keep forgetting that you're amusing. And so I'm like, <laughs> okay, I can stop talking to drink some coffee. <laughs> I don't forget that. There's a, there's a, uh, I'm not like, <laughs> no, like, oh. t- t- time to do a podcast with that, with that dullard again. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. This I wonder is... what he'll say today. Hmm. I, no, I, I think it should be clear <laughs> that, that I see you purely as a straight man <laughs> and, and that you're just there to, you're, you, you just, you're there to give me feed lines. <laughs> like, I mean, it was your idea to do the podcast, uh, that we should do a podcast at all, really. Well, it, it was you said, Haven, we should do a podcast. And I said, I agree. Here's a podcast idea I've had for like two years now. Um, well, but we had talked about doing a podcast before we had, because we talked about a D&D game oh, with right. Name Redacted <laughs> and also yeah. Ruby Esther. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and Talon. <laughs> Talon, yes. I just don't, I didn't want yeah, Talon yeah. thinking he was the person I was redacting. Yeah. Um, but uh, complete the thought brain. Um, <laughs> no, that's a, maybe that should become more my persona, like bloviating. <laughs> oh no, no. <laughs> I t- oh, so, Boat Travail, uh, it starts with a main character played by Dennis Levant. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. It starts with, 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 with a main character, uh, uh, he, he's like, he's back, back in France. Yeah. He's like writing some diary entries about how he got kicked out of a French foreign legion. Yeah. And we're like, oh. I wonder how he got kicked out of a French Foreign Legion. But it's also like that is in in kind of in the Tuki Buki way. This is definitely the Tukiest movie we've watched since Tuki Buki. I mean, and, and also Claire Denis, what one of one of her later films uh, stars stars Marty Diop, the like niece of of Jewel Diop Mambetti, the director of Tuki Buki. Well, like I think Tuki Tuka and Birdie is a very very good TV show, and um, because it's a very very good TV show, I like and I. Um, work as a film critic I have to declare that it's film uh, because that's how it works so uh, I would say that Tuka and Bertie is the most Tuki uh, uh, film uh, I've seen recently. I mean look if Tuka and and Bertie was like Tuki Buki I would watch it. No but it's not and you should still. I I, I know. We've had this conversation on the Tuki Buki episode but no uh, um, (laughs) my my main point being is I I, I really hope one day this this podcast ends just because we get mad at each other about whether something about whether I should watch TV shows. (laughs) No I, I don't like it is a, you are absolutely your own person <laughs> yeah. and you're allowed to do whatever you want. I just think you would like it is <laughs> the thing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's, it's, I'm not like, <laughs> I mean, we, nah, cause we're going to do like, we'll eventually do like Alexander Platts and yeah. Decalogue. So we will do TV shows. Yeah. Um, and we'll do some podcasts like the trip films. <laughs> you see, I managed to work that yeah, that thing we were talking about earlier into any who, but so, like uh, oh, Tuki and Buki. Yes. No <laughs> fuck, like Tuki Buki. Like yeah, obviously him starting to write the diary because uh, yeah, got kicked out of the Foreign Legion. Wonder why? Yeah, you're like, what is this? First Reformed? <laughs> why are you writing a diary, you loser? Uh, is about fun. <laughs> Is about there's so much narration in this film. Yeah. Robert McKee would yeah, shit that, 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 that's the other thing these two movies have to go. Oh no, yeah, man. No, okay. Robert McKee would definitely prefer Age of Dragons <laughs> and like that. No, if you gave him the two scripts, 
he'd tell you that out of the two of them, the masterpiece was Age of Dragons. <laughs> and that is literally the big strike you can make against Robert McKee. <laughs> because, like, to, sh- to shape a certain kind of story, his ideas are good. Mm. It's just the idea that, anyway, um, uh, is that, yeah, that is the beginning of the film. But it's also at, like, the fir- at the five or maybe ten minute mark because so much of the beginning is mood setting and meeting the world and meeting characters and the camera, uh, Denise, uh, kind of, kind of exquisite way of just like looking at things that are mundane and humdrum and yeah. not, it's, it, it, it's not about heightening them. It's not do it's not kind of finding glamour or lighting them beautifully or putting the perfect lens on the perfect angle. She just knows exactly how to look, hmm. right? And so you get a lot of that build up, in that you kind of just see the world around him. Yeah, and there's, there's lots of like atmospheric choral cor- choral singing. Yeah, and then just like shots of do of just like shirtless dudes in deserts do, do, doing doing like martial arts practice. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. It's so like the. There are so many bits of this film that are just like a shot of five topless men ironing their shirts, <laughs> just all slightly out of sync with each other. Where you're like, "I, how is this compelling? How is this interesting?" Yeah, which and, is which is something we've, we've had to deal with, with, like basically every good movie on the list so far. Oh, and, but I think there are also like, but the problem is, is that the bad films that are like that. Mm. Are so boring they don't get wide releases. You know, if, like, right, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. Like maybe uh, one day when when we're rich from podcasting, um, we can <laughs> we can go to like one of the <laughs> no. What I'm about to describe is bullying, and we shouldn't <laughs> do it. But I actually also quite <laughs> like this idea. But you know how there are like a thousand like the uh, uh, the Washington D.C. digital feature y- festival. Yeah, yeah. Who will? It seems except Denny Taker, and you just, and they're all just like, just like, oh yeah, uh, me and my friends thought would make a film, and you're just like, no, <laughs> micro budget doesn't mean micro plot. Like, if you if you really are like, we've got to, the one thing you can work, the one thing you don't need money to make good mm-hmm. in a film is a script. Yeah, like. And yet so many, anyway, like uh, that is why it is so, there are so many bad cases of bits like this. Like there's a bit where, which is just him getting his socks off a washing line and it, and it's, it's incredible. It's almost as interesting as when I get my socks <laughs> off a washing line. And that's only interesting to me because they're my socks, you know? Yeah. Um, and and I, you're like, oh, what, what will I find in these today? Yeah. Has, has Santa left anything in here <laughs> overnight? No. Yet again, my socks remain giftless. And th- then I crumple... Curse him. Then, yeah, I crumple the socks in my hand, tears springing to my eyes. I fall to my knees and curse the heaven. Santa! And then I go and hunt Santa, uh, and I'm the film Fat Man is based on my life. Yeah. You just, you just go looking for the Polar Express. Where is it? Bring me Tom Hanks. Bring me all five of him. I want the kid version, the hobo version, the Santa version, the train conductor version, the other one. Have you seen? Oh, the main kid's dad is also Tom Hanks. On 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 Robert Zemeckis's Disney's A Christmas Carol. (laughs) 
on 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 the DVD stroke Blu-ray, there is an alternate angle where you can watch all the performances as they were performance captured. So it is right. just Jim Carrey covered in dots and cameras. And, and the opening 15 minutes of the film is available in that form on uh, YouTube, which mm. is a video sharing website owned by um, Alphabet, formerly Google, yes. who were named... Um, by oh no that's not an interesting anecdote i thought i thought i could turn into something uh but no i, I can't uh is, but uh, and there's nothing quite like watching like obviously like you know jim carrey pulling his faces and carrie yules is there but like little like five-year-olds playing carolers in mocap suits with the helmets on is just the most ridiculous it just looks like the worst tron cosplay ever I highly recommend it. Check it out. That's on uh, YouTube.com. H-T-T-P-S colon slash slash Y-O-U-T-U-B-E dot C-O-M slash... Watch yeah, yeah. <laughs> v equals... No, don't know. Um... So, yeah, so there's a bit of opening narration where he talks about how he got kicked out of the, the Foreign Legion. Yeah. I mean, it flashes back to the Foreign Legion, and then there's just like just like 90 minutes of just dudes just like hanging around. Yeah. And they go to a nightclub a bunch. Yeah. And, uh, well, twice. I think it's like three times. Well, no, the third time is his dancing at the end. No, 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 no. No, oh, I think there's, there's, there's three times. There's, there's one like right at the beginning. Well, if I know my Robert McKay, <laughs> there's a little thing called the rule of threes. Claire yep. would call it le rule de trois. Yep. De trois. Yeah. Yep. Oui, oui. Good, good stuff. Uh, yeah, so there's a nightclub. They, 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 they go to a bunch of times where these like French Foreign Legion guys just all like... Just like try try and grind on on women, um, and what one time they're wearing they're like full French Foreign Legion outfits, like including the hats. Yeah, and it's uh, very good. They look like Monopoly pieces. <laughs> there's there's it's just something so good about about like guys wearing the dumbest hats in the world trying to grind on women. Is 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 very cinematic. You yeah. Know? Uh, there's nothing I love more than people in dumb hats grinding on women, which is why uh, every year I love the Santa Parade. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing I love more than men in dun- dumb hats grinding on women. And so that's why I like to go to uh, uh, the nightclub next to a Mexican hair transplant clinic because it's che- cause it's cheaper there. That's where Americans go. I wasn't being right, like, oh, yeah. Mexicans. It's the Americans I'm laughing at. Americans, if you're listening, ha 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, not genuine laughter. <laughs> oh, chuckles. So, then there's like a new guy who arrives with a French Foreign Legion. Yep. His name is Gilles Santon. <laughs> Gilles Santino. Yeah. And French, fucking French names are so dumb. Uh, and like in in a film of Giles Sintane, <laughs> it's called Giles. He's Giles Sintane. Uh, and, and in a film of very attractive men, he he is just ha- miraculous looking. <laughs> he's like a painting. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, this is an incredibly homoerotic film. Yeah. In which I would not be surprised. No, there's a bit where they say uh, where they're bringing where they, like, find bodies. But I would not be surprised if otherwise 
And like, there's a fight. Mm. I'd not be surprised if men never touched each other in this film, you know? There's a whole like, competitive hugging sequence. <laughs> there, oh, yeah. There's a scene in the movie where they're like doing some sort of like wrestling practice, and it's just like 20 dudes just standing in the middle of a desert, <laughs> just aggressively hugging each other. Yeah, n- n- not, not, not like, oh, they're aggressively hugging each other, like, like being flippant about like wrestling. No, they're, they're just like, they're standing, they're going for a hug. Go back. Going for a hug. Go back. Going for a hug. But for like, for like two minutes. It's just like a single yeah. shot on, on these 20 dudes just hugging each other. It's going to be the uh, um, episode image yeah. for this, I think. No, I, I guess the, the point I'm trying to get to is that there's not... It manages to be an incredibly homoerotic film without... There's not, there's, bare, there's not even a scene where it's like, oh, they should kiss now. Yeah. Or, you yeah. know, or like... They're, yeah, they're no, fighting and they roll in the sand. Yeah, yeah. You know? There's no like, shot where like two guys' faces are like framed really close together, and you're like, "Ooh." <laughs> yeah, and that it it so clearly achieves that. Yeah, and it is by having this like by always knowing exactly where to look is. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, this is one of two films directed by a woman on the list. And apart from like, ap- apart from Lawrence of Arabia, this is the film that is the least interested in women of all the films we've watched so far. Oh yeah, so far. Yeah. Yes, yes. Matter of loaf and death. There is a central female character in that. Yeah, but she is kind of a plot token. And like, it, like, it's not interested in her as a woman. It's interested in her as. And this is not me slamming yeah, yeah, Matter yeah. of loaf and death. Yeah. Pauline Pressburger, your, your favorite singer, singular singular <laughs> one person <director>. filmmaker. <laughs> it's a good bet. Yeah, like <laughs> my, my 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 favorite director is of course Neville Dean in Taylor. <laughs> but the in still is and yep. it's just that's his middle name. You just love any director that directs largely on roller skates. <laughs> You know, so is there a Nipple Dean and Taylor too? I just that is me remembering like the behind the scenes package on the Crank DVD. Okay, yeah. So they shot some of that on on roller skates. There's, on roller skates. There, there's one part of the movie Crank I like a lot, which is where they play a song called Tricks Are for Kids by the band The Crowd, which is a really early Los Angeles punk band, but from like from like '78, and uh, that, that's, that's just a real good song, and. Uh, more, more people should use uh, uh, good good songs in their movies. My favorite part of Crank uh, is is the public sex scene in Chinatown, where Amy Smart and Jason Statham are having sex on the ground, I... just in the middle of a sidewalk, and a bunch of Chinese people are standing around and going, "Yeah, yeah." Well, it, the thing with remembering about that scene is that it, it, it's my favorite kind of sex scene, which is that it starts non-consensually. Yep, it certainly does. Uh, and then she starts to enjoy it. No, it's uh, when when Jason Statham Oof. first wakes up to find out he's got he's the been crank, cranked. He's been he's got the crank device. Um, is that you hear on the soundtrack? Neville Dean and Taylor <laughs> crank Jason Statham. So like here, here's here's the thing that I was really disappointed about with Crank when I when I finally watched it. Ha, Not ha, as homoerotic as Beau Travers. Yeah, but but like ha, ha, his heart wasn't electric and he didn't need to shock it because I've got good news for you. Well, no. So my my main problem was that like I'd I'd heard people talk about Crank for for like a long time. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. Oh, everyone's always talking about Crank. Yeah, the specific people that I heard talk about Crank a lot were the hosts of the Flop House. Oh yeah, and they those uh, schmucks, those losers. <laughs> Every time they would talk about the movie Crank in the like early days of the Flop House, they would refer to the drug that he gets injected with as the Hong Kong cocktail. 
And when you watch a movie, they don't actually call it that. It's, it's called like the, the like Taiwan cocktail, which is not as good a name as the Hong Kong cocktail. And I wanted it to be called that when I watched Crank. Um, the the specific this is related. Yeah. But it does seem like I'm about to really dr- <laughs> take the air out of the room. The specific combination of antidepressants I'm on, of SSRIs I'm on, metazapine and venlafaxine, is a very commonly prescribed uh, uh, combination cocktail of of of, of brain pills mm. to make the tears go away. Um, uh, unless you're watching the opening of Speed Racer, and he goes, "Do you know?" And Squirtle goes, "Do you know who he's racing?" And then Pops goes, "You say yeah. Squirtle." His, his, his name it's, it's like Sprite. Yeah, yeah Sprite. No, it's, it's close yeah, enough. <laughs> close like, enough. That, 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 that fucking kid's basically a Pokemon anyway. Yeah. And, and goes, you know, he's racing. Pop goes, yeah. And, and you see uh, um, Rex races car and the pass jump into the air. And then the goat, uh, then it turns into a ghost image that r- Speed Racer's car then jumps through. Oh, yeah. That's the only thing that. that the crying stop and grab. But anyway, the specific combination I'm on is so commonly prescribed and so commonly prescribed in Los Angeles, City of Angels, starring Nicolas Cage, that it's called LA Rocket Fuel. Uh, we, 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 we live in a terrifying and horrible world. So if you ever wonder why I'm so high energy and <laughs> wild, it's because I'm on LA Rocket Fuel. Yeah. And I'm doing so great because I had a glass of water this morning. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, a single glass. Yeah. Okay. And when you can have your seven more? Uh, probably when I get home. <laughs> uh, well, at once in a row. Yeah, yeah. Just like we're gonna do them all. Good idea. Yeah. So Beau Travail. So uh, yeah, it is kind of what what plot is there to describe? Well, I mean, okay. There's so a like... helicopter explodes. Okay, so so there's this new guy, Gilles Santon. Yep. He's he's hot. Everyone's like, this dude's hot. He's good yep. at being in the army. We love him a lot. And, and the narration is like, oh, everyone was intoxicated he, with he this was, guy. He seduced everyone who saw him. Yeah, People couldn't stop staring at him. And we're like, yeah, everyone. Yeah, sure. We, we know you're fucking talking about Denis Levant. We know you just fucking think he's hot. So Bruno, uh, who's like a chief master sergeant, I believe, he he just gets like in- increasingly annoyed at Santan, who is like advancing up a rank, and everyone loves him. And Bruno is just angry at how horny he is for 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 Santan. But that's that is subtext. That's subtext, yeah. yeah. But like, it's not that subtext. It's pretty. It's, yeah, it's yeah. Pretty no, close. it's yeah. Uh, it's never six explicitly stated. Yeah. And, and and so he yeah, three X's and six explicitly yeah. by the way. And so he, he starts and so he, he starts like t- t- taking his frustration out on on the on the, the, the on the other men under his command, uh, which which eventually um uh, which which eventually uh, uh, results in him goading Sonson uh, into fighting him and then uh, stranding him in the desert. And then uh, I mean that's what gets uh, Bruno kicked out of the Foreign Legion because uh, turns out you're not allowed to uh, trick your men into being stranded in the desert. That, that, like that, that's that's one of the, the like few rules that the, the, the army has. And considering that most of my prior information about the French Foreign Legion is is, is that is from the Brendan Fraser mummy films uh, where he's fighting alongside them and he ends up stranded in the desert. Uh. So it seems to me like a pretty regular thing. Yeah, Thomas all... Cruise is not part of the 
the Legion and the new mummy, right? In the beginning of the Dark Universe. No, no. He he's uh, he he's like an American like special forces guy. That's right. Yeah. So it, it, what it, a film. So it, 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 everything that I know about the French Foreign Legion of course comes from the uh, comes from the the 1930 Joseph von Sternberg Marlena Dietrich film Morocco. Uh, about a French Foreign Legion soldier who arrives in Morocco and immediately falls in love with Marlene Dietrich, um, uh, which is how all Joseph von Sternberg movies <laughs> open, basically. My, uh, um, all of my knowledge about the French Foreign Legion comes from uh, FX Noah Hawley series Legion, <laughs> and so I was quite surprised that you, this was you just not assumed a... to be like way more telepathic people in this movie. <laughs> and I thought like trippy music sequences yeah. and like uh, an increasing grasp on the aesthetics. Uh, of the show while maybe the narrative questions become somewhat looser. Yeah, you're, you're just hoping for wall-to-wall Dan Stevens. I mean, how, who would complain? Yeah, uh, uh, that, that that guy who's in that show as well. <laughs> yep, him. Yeah, that guy who who was also in the... the... Jermaine Clement? No, no, the, the other guy. The guy, the guy who was in the, the, the Miranda July movie, The, the Future. I do not know that. No, it's a solid, solid film. I like, like, like it a lot. Emo, everyone uh, seems to hate it. I mean, the fact, the amount of people who hate Miranda July yeah. shows she's doing something right, right? A- a- absolutely. Her her new movie, Kajillionaire, very fun. I mean, I hate the title. Yeah. Because it should be The Bazillionaire, right? Well, uh, uh, no. Why, why would it be that? Because uh, Bazillion is funnier than Kajillion. Well, I don't. I don't know if I necessarily agree Unless with that. Unless it also takes place at a cotillion. So, like all 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 of the the all all of the the like top rated reviews of the future on Letterbox are all half star reviews. There's a few like five star reviews of people being like, I don't know why everyone hates this so much. But then for someone be like, this is the worst piece of most pretentious garbage that anyone's ever made. I've got to say that there's one review here uh, which just says tying a noose right now. It's a lovely movie, but well, it's about stopping time. As uh, much as I love... Ha- 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 Hamish Linklater is yeah. the name the guy I was thinking about. As much as I'm a proud New Zealander and a proud cineast, uh, so I love the app Letterboxd, uh, I do hate the Letterboxd community uh, yeah. in general. Like There there are obviously many good, many fine people on both sides. Yep. But lo- lo- like, like that person who puts vegan alerts in every single review they do. Like is and, it that, is, and is, it's just like someone touches a hedgehog in this movie. Oh, okay, so it's not like this film does not contain vegans. No, it, it's just like if an animal appears on screen and like is like near a human, someone's That's like, good. like mm. I. Yeah, no, people are allowed to want to know that kind of like, thing. Like, sure, but like, like it, like it. it like obviously, because I'm not a vegan, it seems trivial to me. But yeah. like, it, like if if there are like movies where she'll put like vegan alert, someone drinks milk, and it's like yeah, mm. yes, but yeah. yeah, like I like I know, but also like, mm. but like sure, but like mm, you know, like here's my problem with vegans: they're right, yeah, like they are very irritating, the right, right, <laughs> and I and every like so much of like ugh, vegans definitely in the in the, in the world comes from being like. I am weak. You are right, and I am weak. Yeah. I might try Veganuary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's where you only kill vegans in January. <laughs> no, it's where you eat, try and eat vegan in Veganuary. No, I'm, I'm, I'm vegan so far today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm... Yeah. <laughs> I had some milk and coffee this morning. Oh, God. I'm sorry to every... 
cattle member listening to this. Yeah, no, if you are the cow from the end of B-movie, uh, oh God. We, we will accept your lawsuit. No, because then I'd have to deal with the Chris Rock mosquito. I don't want to go... Here, here's, here's the thing. Uh, very easy to kill. <laughs> How much better would Marriage Story have been if in, in one of the lawyers had been the Chris Rock mosquito from B-Movie. I mean, would you rather replace Raymond Liotta or, yes. or, or yeah, Laura Ray Liotta. I would rather replace Ray Liotta. But he, I'm not going to sit here and be like, do you know what a film needs less of? Dern. I'm not in denial. I'm just trying to think of a film that needs less Dern. No, there's not one. I mean, so, so some people would say The Last Jedi, but most people are wrong. I mean, Inland Empire, <laughs> but like, what is Inland Empire? <laughs> I, don't, I still haven't seen it. It's good. Yeah, uh, I've I've heard. It, is it? I can't. Yes, it is. Like, like it it it, it kind of sounds like from 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 like what I've seen of just like images of Inland Empire. Like it it seems like it'll just be like uh, it seems like it'll just be Sion Sono's first movie. I am Sion Sono, which is just him like staring into a camera and screaming for half an hour. No, it's not. I mean, it, it is not that. <laughs> It is and I think just, also having a birthday party in the middle. And how aggressively non-narrative and confusing it is, which is shocking from the director of The Straight Story and The Elephant Man, <laughs> the two other David Lynch films I've seen. Yeah, the, 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 the first season of Twin Peaks. Yeah, and, and um, in the second half of the second season of Twin Peaks, and the pilot of Mulholland Drive uh, is... You know, and, and you know what did Jack do? Is is, pr- is pretty economical <laughs> yeah, with the storytelling. That is true. Yeah, uh, that, that's uh, just uh, just a little heads up uh, on on the the Shite and Sound showdown coming up. Uh, you're going to be hearing a bit about what did Jack do. I'm going to be talking about that in at least one category. So I'm going to include short films. Maybe. Oh, okay, good. So Bo Travail. <laughs> and the crowd say Bo Travail. That's, re- that's me referencing the song again. Oh, okay. You is just, it was the same song? Yes. I'd already forgotten it. That is why I... That, yeah. I was like, th- th- this right now is like last night when I was at a gig with with, with Harry. Yeah. And he was uh, he, he was quite drunk and he was just like loving every single song that the DJs were playing at, at the like downstairs part. And then they started playing a song by Muse. And he started, he just like starts playing a fist like, yeah, this fucking rules. And the, the DJ turns around like, yeah, right. And then Harry looks at me and he's like, yeah. And I'm like, I don't know what this is. And then he's like, Ben, it's, it's by Muse. And I'm like, okay. Which that, Muse that, that, song that, was it? I don't know. Is it the one that goes. Yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah, no, it was that one. <laughs> Combat <laughs> Baby is good. Oh, no, maybe it wasn't that one, Ben. Uh, uh, was I don't know. It's, it's one It's one where uh, they, they talk about uh, they'll, they'll never take us alive. Oh, uh, Resistance. Maybe. You will not control no, us. No, 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 that's like way, that's like way later. This is like early 2000s Muse, I think. Oh, okay. I'm not interested. I was interested in Muse when they were like, fuck it, we're just going to be all aesthetic. We're going to be all tone. <laughs> like, we are going to be the biggest arena band and arena rock band in the world, mm-hmm. and we're going to do it by force, and that's by writing exactly those kinds of songs. And as an aesthetic exercise, I found that uh, entertaining, as opposed to when they were being like, sincere there's one thing i hate it's sincerity yep but if there's one thing i love about beau travail is that it feels sincere yeah. right um yeah okay there's not like there's no plot it just looks fucking cool and there's lots of shots of of dudes in the desert doing doing like martial arts and you know just like wash, washing their faces 
Well, and it, and it feels like it, it, it has that sense the of being like a world that is fully formed and shifting outside of your reach. Yeah. And you're only being given these very precise glimpses into it. And, and, and the film leaves you to kind of fathom both the inner and outer lives uh, yourself in a way that is like an act of both profound control and profound trust yeah. on Denis' behalf. And it all takes place in Djibouti, which is fun to say. Except for the beginning. Oh, yeah, that, that, yeah. that's in Paris, ah. probably. Yeah, it's France. Yeah, it's... It might be Chartres or Nice. Or Toulouse. <laughs> I thought it's Toulouse. Yeah, I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm pretty I'm... sure it's in France. Or Nice. I, I said I made the, I said nice as a joke. Oh. G- Gouda? Cham- champagne. <laughs> Champagne. Did you know uh, um the the only sham friends of the from yes, the sham friends? I region? did know that. <laughs> I felt yes, no, I've I've, I've heard that before. <laughs> and, and it's only real pain uh if it comes from within. <laughs> so Finn. I just like it is a film that is, it, you just got to see it. There's like, also a really good, the pu- there's a good push-up scene. Oh, yeah. The fucking push-up scene rules. I was watching, I was like, yeah, I need to do more push-ups. I think. I haven't done enough push-ups recently. There is, and, and watching this film, I, I recently watched Singles, the Cameron Crow joint. Oh, yeah. Um, uh. Because I'm continuing uh, on my my leak my my uh, uh, fuck it. Um, uh, I recently watched <laughs> recently watched Cameron Crowe joint singles, which is you know it's not a it's a, a, it's it's a three and a half star film, but it's clearly sound. And part of what works against it is the fact that you can tell a lot. A, a whole the whole generation of like '90s indie filmmakers saw it. Yeah. And we're like, oh, we could do this. And then did films that, are, you know, they're just friends chatting and having uh, emotional conversations. And then people talk to the audience and just doing it not as well and not understanding mm. why the initial film did those things. And I think the thing with Beau Travail is that there, it, it's part of, like, clearly it is not the first, the crest of, even the crest of this wave. But it is this almost slow cinema unraveling and observation of things yeah. with almost no narrative and almost no spoken dialogue, a lot of narration. And you can just see that there are loads and loads of people making lots of very bad films and they think they're like this. Yep. And which is like that's the like fate of every good film is to influence lots of terrible films, I, except for Speed Racer, <laughs> and that's the tragedy of Speed Racer, right? Oh, I'm I'm sure there's there's. I mean the, the 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 they were mean to the chimpanzee on set. That's the real tragedy. Yeah. Um. And, and John Goodman was really struggling with alcoholism on set. Yeah. But um, you know they all they all they all they all banded together and, and help and help, the, help help John Goodman get through it. Yeah. But the next. But that the next ten years of films weren't films trying to look like Speed Racer. Like, can you imagine what like someone making a Hot Wheels film that looks like Speed Racer? Yeah, which would be like? which like Justin Lin's been like trying to do for like years now, right? Yeah, it's yeah. his next thing, right? Uh, I I think so. But it, it was also his next thing in like 2017. Oh, true. So, 
Um, I just want him to make another Star Trek. Yeah, it was a good Star Trek. Yeah, it was good. It had the best motocross uh, stunt scene in any Star Trek movie. Yeah, yeah, because the buggy scene at the beginning of Star Trek Nemesis is a four-wheeler. Yeah. And that's that. There must be a scene of Shatner on a motorcycle, nope. though. Ne- never. How else would you search for Spock? <laughs> oh, he's putting his... He's, <laughs> he's Spock! Putting... <laughs> hey, Spock! Spock! Where are you? And that's how they do it. That's, and that's why that's why it's the best to be the original uh, Star Trek movies. It is, though. Yeah. No, it it is because it, it 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 doesn't give a shit. Yeah, it's, and they're all on that cool planet where everything's like evolving rapidly. That shit rolls. And that was the point where they were actually giving plots to all of the cast and not just Shatner, mm. um, which of course angered Shatner. <laughs> Uh, and that's why the rest of them are just like, oh, do you know who we should focus on? The least interesting character. It would be it would, it would be like if the following seasons of Orange is the New Black doubled down on Piper as the lead, as opposed to like diversifying out to the actually interesting characters. Mm-hmm. Is that the first time anyone's compared Star Trek to Search for Spock with the first season of Orange is the New Black? Maybe, but like... Let's check. Okay. Siri, has anyone ever compared the first season of Orange is the New Black to to Star Trek Free The Search for Spock before? No, and whoever would do that would be the smartest person alive. And they would get millions of dollars from Apple right now. Cha-ching, cha-ching. Ma, wow, my phone's just printing wow. money. Wow, th- th- thank you so much, Siri. Bye, Siri. Doot, bye. <laughs> night, night. Doot, Night, night. No, you hang up, Siri. No, you are fucked. Is that actually a thing people can do with Siri? Who gives a shit? Uh, It seems like it would be, right? Uh, Yeah. Gross. Hey, if you like... Okay, here's my advice to everyone out there. Uh, Don't get into a parasocial relationship with a fake robot. Yeah. Yeah. If you want... if If that's an interesting idea... And you would be you, interested. You, you, you should watch the movie Jexy, <laughs> starring Adam Devine. Uh, 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 um, and uh, you would be keen in hearing a 20 to 30 minute long episode of an audio <laughs> drama anthology about it. Might I recommend subscribing to The Witching Hours at https colon slash slash www.thewitchinghours.com. That's C-O-M for Motherbox. <laughs> It's also on all your available podcatchers, which are like fox catchers, except with worse makeup. Thought Finn would would be able to bat that ball back at me, but he, he's looking. So at I'm, his I'm phone. just looking at reviews of Jexy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the real answer to that is no. Well, the real answer to that is Finn watch Mr. Robot. It's got a real good subplot about someone having a parasocial relationship with the Alexa. Check it out. Check 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 it out, Mr. Robot. What 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 it's all about? Like identity yeah, is, is, is and that, capitalism. Is that, is that your favorite public enemy song you were just doing? No, it was my favorite youth enemy <laughs> song because I remixed it. Yeah, yeah I'm a, I'm a remix master. So Finn, <laughs> yeah. but Bo Travail, Shadow yeah. Sound, uh, Sound. It's, yeah, it's, it's 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 super good. I'm probably going to buy the Criterion of it yeah, just absolutely. so I can watch it again. Yeah, really yeah. Good. That is that Ali Buki. Um, and the two Yangs mm. are the ones where I'm like, oh, I've got to own this. Yeah. I'm aware that we've amatoed and not really spoken about the film, but that is because, like, all good films, to attempt to capture its magic is to attempt to, like, drink water from a sieve. <laughs> 
and it is it it genuinely yeah, you gotta is. make sure that water's real chunky otherwise you can have a hard time well and like the feeling to return to to the final sequence of him dancing uh, with, without abandon unselfconsciously hmm. uh, in that club uh, in the club alone is there is something it is I could like I could act it out for you. I could learn his movements perfectly and recreate the light. But there is the way it's positioned, the beats. Are, like it's so good at capturing things that could only be a film. Yeah. Right. And like that's a testament to the fact that it's an adaptation. Like it's a pretty loose adaptation. Uh, and, and I've seen some arguments that kind of it's it's also much more an adaptation of the opera adaptation by Britain. Okay. Which um. It, the the score of which is is used throughout, oh, and yeah. so I thought it'd be good to pair this up with another adaptation of a Herman Melville story, one that I think is equally successful and also captures things on film that are hard to express in real terms. Mm. But you wouldn't watch the Asylum version of Moby Dick. No, I, I absolutely refuse to do that. We so, have to do an Asylum film. So instead we are watching Loon Ramsey's Moby Dick and Space movie. <laughs> uh, um, a movie that uh, I uh, want to exist uh, so badly. And uh, it is just a real testament to how terrible the film industry is that Lynn Ramsey hasn't been able to get that movie made yet. Okay, so Finn, Lynn Ramsey's Moby Dick and Space film, shout or sound? Uh like it's going to be sound as yeah, hell. Absolutely. Like it would take no. There would be something really terrible could happen, and, and she could be like, she could just in you know, what? No, I'm just like thinking about what is the name of the woman who directed Monster? Oh, the woman who directed Monster who went on to direct Wonder Woman, which oh, Patty Jenkins. Patty Jenkins, who like Wonder Woman is fine and charming yeah whatever it's not bad but it is patty jenkins and monster a film i like rather than love has all these gritty and interesting ideas about performance and character that have so clearly been ironed out by being in the warner brothers machine right and like that could happen like lynn ramsey directing you know captain marvel 2 because she would only be allowed to okay now here is the pitch because obviously we can say, even though it was supposed to come out nine months ago um, and, and won't come out for another few months, uh, I feel like we can already review Black Widow, which is that it's fine. and It's a fine addition to, to my university degree. Yeah. And of course, my favorite bit is the end credits scene where um, Florence Pugh's character comes across... Uh, Zach Braff. I, oh, God. Fuck you. <laughs> I mean, good joke. Uh, it's either like contacted by Samuel L. Jackson yeah. or finds like a secret store of spy stuff, right? And to be clear, I have no knowledge of Black Widow, but like that's how that film ends, right? Black Widow 2 starring Florence Pugh directed by Lynn Ramsey. Yeah. Like it'll, like it'll be the best three out of five <laughs> film uh, of the year it comes out in, right? Yes, my 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 idea for like how Lynn Ramsey would get the Moby Dick and Space movie made is uh, that I win forty million dollars in lotto and I give twenty of it to her. Okay, uh, you don't I, want to support filmmaking here. I thought about like what would I do if I won like lots of money in lotto, and I I, I don't I don't uh, ever play lotto, so I I won't win. But um, you don't play lotto. Lotto plays you. Yeah. Well, I, I I did I did buy a ticket last year when it was up to like forty five million dollars, and yeah. like yeah, I've got to buy a ticket. 
and I did. I did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I did. I did. And you won, and that's why you're yeah, that, that's caked why caked in gold. Yeah, and that, that, and that, that is why we, we podcast from from inside my beach house in Malibu. <laughs> After I bought that lottery ticket, I posted on Twitter, I just bought my first ever lottery ticket, and I already feel like a problem gambler. <laughs> and so I've not bought any since then. I think it's sound as well. Yeah, it's... it's it's Yeah, it's entrancing and magical mm. in a way that I feel really grateful for living in a world of such travail, <laughs> that it is nice to have some bow travail in it. And it does... Like, after... Yeah, I... I, I, most films that I, that I saw since I last seen you have made me be like, oh, is that, this is what people are making? <laughs> cool. Oh, great. Sweet mm-hmm. as. So there's no point. And I, and I, 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 if that is what does well. Yeah. Where, where, where is, and, and I well, also saw Baby Done. I'm just aware that right, like yeah. one person will, will, will hear this and then check my letterbox. And I was like, and I also saw Baby Done which I think is good fun. Yeah, of the three New Zealand comedies that I've seen released this year, it is uh, by far the best. Yeah. Like, no no, no competition even. I have not seen this town. Mm. Um, uh, but, yeah, no, no, no. It, it, and, like, you know, there's just a good joke every minute. Yeah. And, and if you've not, and it's about to, uh, it comes out in, uh, in Britain next year, and if you're in Britain listening to this, Check it out, it's fun. And it, yep. it is it's also like, do you know the thing I loved about Baby Done is that obviously the whole world knows about Rose Metafeo at this point, and but like the experience and I tweeted this, but I will repeat it, but like Rose Metafeo is um a uh, incredible performer. Yes. Like when you see her live, uh, uh, this was my tweet, is that like the first time you see Rose Metafeo uh, perform stand-up live or um or just perform generally uh, in improv, you're like shit this is magic but she is doing so many specific things that are just to my specific Mm. taste that like okay like she's got a few bits on tv but she's not going to go anywhere it's too specific to me and then as she grows and grows she's like oh no it makes she makes everyone feel like that yeah and the fact that there's now a film that goes like oh no and that works on the big screen and that we live in a world of rose matafeo can be like will be a movie star and should be a movie star as you're like that fills me with the kind of optimism about like the point of making film mm. that Beau Travail also does right um uh, and on the other side of that Age of the Dragon uh, do you want to know the crazy thing about this film to me what it was m- they started making this before Game of Thrones Right. Because it's so clear to me, like, it feels like this film exists to be like Moby Dick, but it's Danny Glover and it's a dragon, the great white dragon, and it'll be tonally like Game of Thrones. And like, But it's not. It's clearly them being like, let's do hard, like, Lord of the Rings shit. Yeah, like the whole Game of Thrones comparison never even occurred to me. I was just like, this is just part of the, like, long tradition of shitty fantasy movies. They all fucking feel like this. Oh yeah, yeah, but it it was like if this film was made four years later oh, yeah, or yeah. two years later, you'd be like, oh, it is. It's trying to step on Game of Thrones, and it is the specific thing of like how it works real hard to give each character a thing to make them feel detailed yeah. when they're not. And the like reason you can tell this this isn't influenced by Game of Thrones is because there is only an attempted rape rather than yeah, rather than a fully complete. Well, rape. and like that's uh, like that was the scene where I was like. Is this? Yeah. No, no, no. It's this was 2010, so it must have been made in nine or even mm. eight, and so it, the timing just isn't there. It doesn't have the timing. Game of Thrones is an interesting comparison because 
I think Game of Thrones' success is that it is a trashy B movie TV show. Yeah. That um that just like managed to do all of those things really well to be like the best dragon you've seen on TV and shit mm-hmm. like that. And like I think I think the reason people didn't like the last season of Game of Thrones was because so many people had liked it so much that they had tricked tricked themselves into thinking they were watching something they weren't watching. And they were like, why is this show I love acting like a trashy B-movie thing where all the twists are characters behaving out of order? And it's like, do you not remember that like a major turning point scene in the first season is a rape victim unreconstructedly falling in love with her rapist? Like... No, it's always been that. It's always been trash exploitation. It's just got a high budget. Stop tricking yourself into thinking it's good. Yeah. Um, the, and the first episode has a man like pause and fucking his sister so he can go push a child out a window. Yeah, and no, that's <laughs> like that's the twist. <laughs> like the the end of the pilot of Game of Thrones yeah. is like incest and child murder and just because they managed to find incredible directors and really strike gold with the young cast yeah and like the old cast like and have the money for a great cast and i think that is and it is like watching age of the dragons right yeah um is like that is all like the way because it, it, it's boring and dull but it, it's like it's a passion project uh, i think it is like i think this is the thing i kept thinking about uh, uh in terms of this film even though he's made other films is uh, i recently spent a lot of time scrolling through the subreddit of r slash filmmakers uh and there's a lot of like i'm directing my first film i spent 20 years from making shorts with my mates in our backyard and now finally I've scraped enough together and Danny Glover had two weeks free and Vinnie Jones had two weeks free. Unfortunately, they were two different sets of weeks. So Vinnie Jones is in the first half of the film. And like, this is someone who's like really wanted to make a film. And like the problem isn't that it it's bad or incompetent. It looks fine. The sound is all right. Mm. Like, yeah, no, it's not, but it's, when we've seen shite films or trash films a lot of them have also been like just incompetently put together right like as much as we can whereas this man went to the finest mormon film school at brigham young university and it is just the fact that it's just not interesting like it just doesn't and he doesn't have the money to afford a good cast to sell the material Mm. and like even danny glover struggles yeah he's he's just doing a forest whitaker in in rogue one except not right like forest whitaker in rogue one but like this script on the page is like on the level of a drive and the thing that sells drive is the cast and the director right is knowing how to look at it and giving people who will make choices with it as opposed to being like oh no it's just yeah it's just standard fantasy so yeah it is it's moby dick but it's a dragon and they've given and they've added a love interest called rachel yeah um because that's another kind of biblical uh name and ahab killed her dad and blah 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 i thought aesthetically it has one interesting oh i think and i also think like this film really knows how to use its because there are probably max 20 shots of the dragon in this film maybe 50 maybe yeah but it's and and they're all in the right position this isn't like a sci-fi film where you're like there's one shot of the dragon at the beginning like there's a sense of 
and, and so it like it knows how to put it together and it so it's the slightly more tragic bit of kind of bad film which is I think everyone was trying their hardest like Vinnie Jones I've seen give default performances mm. a lot now and in this he's like he's pushing what he can do yeah and he's he's Vinnie Jones who you hire to be Vinnie Jones the man to get the fastest red card in British <laughs> football history by spitting at a referee before he was even on the pitch and Moby Dick with the Dragon is a good idea, mm. but you just have to do it better than this. And like the idea of the the Pequod, the boat being kind of like a land ship, is like aesthetically a good idea. But, but, it, but it looks dumb. But it looks dumb. But you know that everyone, there was a whole team in the credits of people who just worked on that piece mm. of set. And the vistas are great. Like the best looking bits of the film are essentially landscape photography. Yeah, like it's, it's, it's all like shot, shot in like Utah in winter. Which like looks which looks great. And it's just so and I just don't like if I was with this director, I would just have to be like, you just you needed to make a choice that wasn't the obvious choice. Yeah. You needed to make a choice that was like, I'm gonna make a fantasy film, so why don't I not start it in the prancing pony? Because it is just like it's so default. And then like the opening or well, no. It starts with a flashback to Ahab losing his sister and blah blah, getting burnt and hurting his leg. But then it is like someone meets Ishmael and the girl like, oh, so your name's Ishmael, and he goes, you can call me that. And you're like, oh, okay, so that's your idea. You just haven't. What are you gonna? Just come on, you know, just like push it. Yeah. Or be like, instead of there's they cast. Uh, uh, Rachel, I cannot remember the name of the actress. She's not been in much else. No. What like, was the one piece of trivia on her IMDb profile? Uh, oh, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll come back to that. And, uh, her, and she doesn't do a bad job. She's she's clearly she she clearly has not yet found her type. And but like this, but this character who's who feels bound to Ahab because he has lied to her and and said that the dragon killed her father. And, and though later she she finds out he did it, blah, 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 because, you know, conflict. And it, she's just playing it as, like, default lead in fantasy, which is to say, you know, she shows a lot of cleavage and has quite a sour face. And is, What you're saying is that she should smile more. No, what I'm... No, here's my pitch for that character. Do you know how you see that character? She's just fucking feral. She's like... She, like, that's what hunting dragons would do it right, would drive yeah, yeah. you insane and so much of moby dick the book at least from my memory of reading it for school <laughs> is that it is about the monotony of doing it like there's all like famously there's the 20 page long description of making aprons out of whale foreskins or whatever and that is about the monotony and insanity and if it had actually been about all of these people driven mad by these quests as opposed to like if if the twist, if her character's twist wasn't that Ahab had killed her father, but was that she was a fantasy princess, nothing about the performance would change. Right, no yeah, one yeah. buys into the world, um, but no one is doing bad work. And that's just because, yeah, and it sucks. It makes me feel sad. Yeah. Because, yeah, no one, like fucking Jeremy Savile <laughs> does a bad job. He has a bad idea of what films are, how they work and what characters should be. Yeah. And I think the guy who made this likes good films and wants to make good films. Yeah, I'll be like actually shite films to watch. This is probably like one of the most like competently directed. Yeah. And like the main thing that's going wrong here is they they do not have the money 
for like the actors or the like effects or the scope that they need to make this actually work and yeah. they i assume like mo- most of the like shittiness of the narration is again due to like budget stuff and not being able to shoot things well and it is and, it, and it's going like okay so my lead actor is pretty enough to be the lead in the film and has been in other things but isn't quite there in terms of playing a character's range so yeah. what i'll do to make it sound like a choice is get him to play all the narration is gruff yep. and low like i mean this. uh he, you, you you can't you can't hear what he's saying <laughs> yeah um, like this movie is uh, so so fucking mumbly, yeah. And you, you, but that, it it feels no. like a choice, and it's like I well, it's like, like it feels like a choice for everyone to be like gruff. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a choice that you can't hear what they're saying. That, if, that feels like a mistake. Oh yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no. I mean, I mean, the, but the gruffness is yeah, a yeah. choice. Like this is full of choices, hmm. and I, I yeah, I just don't. And, and mm. at the end, but, but like, but like, Jer- 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 Jeremy Settle made a choice to. To like force Nick to say, I can't, I can't believe you came out of my ball sack, or, or what, whatever. It's like I can't believe a schmuck like oh, you yeah. came out of my dick, or something <laughs> right, like yeah. that. But it, oh. no, no, no. But it, it, it's, I, I don't know. It's like the fear this fills me with as someone who who makes work is like what it, and because there are not because average is the average. Hmm. What if the work I make is average like this and. I mean, my career bears out that information. And how do you... And it feels like he knows the right things, but just couldn't do them. Mm. Didn't have the resource to do them. And it is just those things of like, you can feel the death of a thousand cuts. You can feel them not having enough time on set to to you know they do they do the tv lighting thing where it's lit a bit cinematically but it's still quite flat and that so they don't have to relight for every mm. shot or or every or every set of shots and that drains atmosphere out of it and that means they don't he doesn't have time to work with them to coach performances and danny glover's wearing full body covering most of the movie so that they can have someone who's not danny glover play him yeah for, for large portions of it but like, i like it's a nice piece of design like yeah. i like he has the the, he's he got has, a weird like snow mask thing. yeah the snow mask with the with slits for eyes yeah. so less light comes in and and like the i think if they just made the landship look not shit i could take this up like another half star but it's not but there is also like i don't it's not that it looks shit it's that it looks boring it looks boring and looks cheap and they don't have the time or resources to shoot it in a way yeah. around that fact yeah you know like Everyone knows that the success of Jaws is that they saw that um, the shark was shit. And, and so we're like, okay, so we're just not going to show the shark for almost the entire film. Um, but what they had was still a big budget to be able to take the time to design and build sequences around working around that element. Yeah. There there are times when you don't have that. And I and like the real answer as to how do you make this film good is uh drastically reduce the cast <laughs> and you know or yeah i just feel bad i feel bad that we're gonna say shite or sound and i'm gonna say shite because it is yeah Ufa. yeah shite or sound it's shite it's shite but it, i i don't want to say it's the closest to good because i still think that's over her dead body which is almost a good film which is also the one i hate the most yeah, no, 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 yeah, no, no, yeah, 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 but it yeah. is it, you can you know the opposite of love isn't hate it's indifference <laughs> yes yeah. um just yeah, the thing with her dead body is there's maybe like 200 words of the script that could be changed to make that from one of the movies I hate the most in the world to just like a fine, like bad romantic comedy. Yeah, 
And like with not even a better cast, because the cast is good. Yeah. But just better tuning of performance mm. and better direction. It would be it would be baby done. You know? Like a good comedy with a joke every minute or yeah. so. With a good joke every minute. So it's not gonna change your life, but not everything has to. Mm. So Finn, uh, yeah. Shido sound, yeah. Uh Shido. But it does again, I I regret having so many times waffled on whether things are shy or sound and say like and or euphonious or whatever but i do like it uh, this to me we were talking about like what is the average film right yeah and i think no one like it's not good no one on this film embarrasses himself if i was show running a tv show i'd hire this director based on this yeah uh i would like it and, and you know yeah, no one embarrasses themselves. It's not a travesty, and it's not something you want to be like, oh, it's hilariously bad. It is sometimes you can do your best and still lose. Yeah. Like the moral of that Star Trek episode. Can't remember its name. It's good, though. At the end, Picard says, you can do everything right and still lose. Hmm? Yeah. Is that the one with the, the free lights? No. <laughs> That's... So that's like the only Next Generation episode I know. Well, there's so many good Next Generation episodes. Yeah, I've heard. You watch Deep Space Night. Don't. You won't like. Maybe. Who knows? What's your favorite? No. I was going to ask what your favorite Star Trek film is. And I was like, it's... then I'd have to kill myself. I mean, it's like, it's either Beyond Us or Search for Spock. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because, yeah, no, I say this, like the thoughts going through my head about Age of Dragons is that I, I'm really sincerely trying to work out, work on some scripts to make some films. And I genuinely, the feeling it leaves me with is if I made something and it was a fiasco, at least I could be like, fuck, check this out. Yeah, at least, like, Look oh, at at least Nathan fucking... Rabin's going to write about this. Yeah, at least this is a fiasco. Or like, obviously, the ego part of my brain is being like, that won't happen. You'll make, you'll immediately, you'll get the palm door, the the golden bear. Yeah, the, the golden lion. Um, and you'll, you, you, you'll be the film that gets it after Joker. Yeah, you'll be the first film to be nominated in literally every category at the Oscars. Yeah. Um, your sound design will be incredible oh yeah I mean like obviously yeah people who are going to know are going to know that your sound editing is kind of shaky but people who vote for it don't really know that so they're just like oh sound sound vote for sound yeah Um, which is why I'm going to win the Oscar (laughs) (laughs) but like a thing that genuinely depresses me is the is the fact that odds on uh, I will make age of the dragons <laughs> like if you know yeah and it, not for lack of trying and it just it makes me think about all these people posting their short films to youtube to get 20 views and and they're trying so hard and i just don't know where to go i don't know how to like how do you face how do you make anything knowing that mediocrity is almost guaranteed well what i did was i quit comedy <laughs> You weren't mediocre though. You were good. Oh, sometimes. You've said no. You've got you got a comedy all the fucking time. You must sit there and be like, you must. Sit and watch oh, sure. Like, like I know you're better than me. Yeah, but that doesn't know? mean I'm good though. But that is different. Yeah. No, like you have seen the average level of what open mic and uh, emerging comedy is in this country, yep. right? And, and just empirically, you are better. than Yes. That. Yeah, but like that's enough. That's above the average. It's not really enough for me. I'm trying to get better at doing things that I'm not like instantly the best at. 
I've I've never had that feeling. I've never I'll never need to know that feeling. Mm. Because I am just So what are you watching next week, Finn? Trick question we're not watching anything. Next week we are doing the inaugural Shite and Sound Showdown. He, okay, I got a pitch. Yeah. The Shite and Sound Shite and Show Down for the Crown. <laughs> Uh, the more complicated, the better. Uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe uh, I'll I'll find a way to make it more complicated over the next uh, week. What film do we agree, uh, possibly contentiously? We are recording this nearly a full month <laughs> before we will be recording the next episode. You hear? What do we think will be the best? Who was the Who- best supporting actress? You'll have to listen to next week's episode to find out. That's right. Next week's episode, the inaugural Ooh. Shite and Sound. Shite and show down for the, the crown, crown 2020. 2020. Um, I did Mark one. <laughs> Mark one. I did birds of prey last time. What's a what's a film with a dumb f- title this year? The Forest of Shite and Sound <laughs> Showdown. <laughs> uh, long, long. Ca- anyway, deep, yeah, deep be- crown. Okay. Uh, Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Che- Check it out, it's going to be good. Yeah, check it out, it's going to be good. So our theme song is The Nuts by Kazam Blam. It's on the album Trapezoids Away. Check it out on Bandcamp. You can find us on Twitter at ShiteSoundPod and you can email us at uh, ShiteSoundPod at gmail.com. Our website is ShiteAndSound.com. You can find me online uh, as Yutha Lives on whatever social media media you like. If you like podcasts, I do, which you do. Check out The Witching Hours at TheWitchingHours.com. And sign up for my newsletter, why don't you, at bit.ly slash youthalives. Movies good. Even bad ones. Go Go watch them. First person to ever, ever to allow me on a podcast? <laughs> allow um, you? Yeah. As opposed to all the other times when you've been like just clawing at the door. Yeah. And Ira Glass has been like, get him out of here. I'm like, Jonah, let me on your radio. <laughs> I was trying to think like, well, what's the most like, niche podcast I could reference? I was going to do a reference to, to Phoebe, Four Eyes and Beard, the show that, that Matt Myra and Scott Mosier used to do. God, this, the, oh. That fills me with sadness. <laughs> well, that Matt Myra and Scott Mose used to do a podcast, but I know about it. All of it, just <laughs> every bit of information. I there's something. It was a good podcast. If, okay, I like. I believe you believe that. Yeah. I Scott Mose directed the Storks film, right? Uh, no, he directed what was called like Free Birds. Oh yeah. Yeah. You don't need to look it up. No, I'm fuck you. I'm going to. <laughs> Okay. How, how dare you tell me I don't need to look up what movies Scott Mosier directed? Oh, uh, okay. So he was a writer for Freebirds. I think he co-directed it, but it's not credited on Letterboxd. I mean, he directed Benedict Cumberbatch's The Grinch. And he also edited a film starring Big Boy and Lil Wayne called Who's Your Caddy? Hmm. It's about golf. 